Welcome back to the Bearded Barbell Podcast. This is the place to go for quick, easy, actionable fitness and nutrition advice. On the mic right now is Coach Tony. Across the table from me is Coach Willie. How are you? Hey, Coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, just uh, getting my week through, uh, killing it, getting all my goals done. Enjoying some good wrestling as we were talking about. Yeah, we you know, we started having a podcast episode before we hit the record <laughs> button, so we decided stop the conversation, hit record, and then keep going. Yeah. So what Coach Will and I were talking about were if there are any wrestling fans they already know where we're going, but if there are non wrestling fans listening, you're in for a little bit of a treat. So this past Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been June I don't remember the date. It- was June 5th. 5th yes so it would have been eight days before you're listening to this by the time it drops uh, WWE held an event called Hell in a Cell the whole idea is and this only applied to the main event but the the ring was basically encased in a I think it's a 20 foot tall steel cage uh, something like it's that either 15 yeah. or 20 it's super tall and you're you're locked in with one other person that you're wrestling and that's the match Anything goes within that cage. And it covers the whole cage, not just like the, the ring apron to the top. It covers like the where the the bottom uh, floor matting would be. I yeah, mean, you've got about you've got about three feet of floor on any side of the yeah, ring. Yeah, you're fighting in a huge cage. Yeah. And uh, two of the, the two guys that were wrestling this week, this is their third match this year. So it's part of a longer story. And... Saturday, news started breaking that one of them suffered an injury. They suffered an injury to the pec muscle, to the chest. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of details came out at first, but everybody started wondering whether or not he was going to be able to make his match. Again, main event, all this sort of thing, right? And Sunday comes around, and now they're talking about the injury got worse. And now still nobody knows if he's going to show up and wrestle. Everybody's talking about... Well, if he's not going to wrestle, what are they going to do with the match? Who are they going to put in place? All that sort of thing, right? Like, how do they basically, like, show must go on type mentality? And then rumors started going that he was going to get the green light to go ahead and wrestle anyway. So we're like, well, okay, well, what's the deal with the, with the chest then? Yeah. So the show goes on. You know, all the other matches go on. A lot of them were, were pretty fun to watch. We get to this main event, and Seth Rollins, who's the other, who's the uninjured guy, comes out. He comes out, does his entrance. He gets into the ring. The lights drop out. The music hits for Cody Rhodes, who's the injured person that we're talking about. He comes out. He's got this huge jacket that's over him. Like, if you've ever seen The Boys, it's kind of – it's like Homelander's outfit, but in Mm -hmm. jacket form. Mm -hmm. So it fully covers, like, everything except maybe, like, the V area of his chest, right? So he comes down. He makes his entrance. He gets into the ring. He slowly starts to take off his jacket. And up until this point, we're like, oh, he doesn't seem he doesn't seem like he's in a bad spot. He's moving normally. You can kind of see one arm is a little slower to move than the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, he gets down. Music stops. The ref's trying to get everything organized for the match. Cody starts to slowly take off his jacket. And there we see it, right? We see from – it was the right side. So we see bruising from about halfway the – uh, of the chest out to the shoulder halfway down the arm it's just red it's just full of blood mm. coach what did you think about that how did that how did, we were talking about the reaction when that happened oh my gosh so yeah you know like you like you said like my my initial reaction you know is i'm thinking from a trainer i hear you know if, if it's a legit because we're hearing legit uh pictorial tear or tendon tear off the bone uh from a benching uh 
that he was doing pr- uh, prior. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, as a trainer, he's not going to be able to, like, even getting, like, if you're laying face down on the mat, getting up off the mat, pressing yourself, like, up in a push- push-up motion may be pretty difficult if, you know, in fact, you do have that terror. So I'm thinking, if they're giving the green light, you know, if he's out there, he's going to wrestle, what are we to expect? And as yeah. soon as he pulls off that jacket, we see the bruising. And as, and as I say, we, we, you know, I'm watching at home, we're all watching at home, but even the crowd, like, you just hear this gasp come over the crowd, like, they see it, and they draw quiet, like, it was, it wasn't even, I want to, I don't want to say an uncomfortable quiet, but everybody knew th- there was something up with it Cody. It was like a shock, because yeah. they were like, oh, there's, it's, this is actually a real thing, he is got cle- it. He is clearly it's, injured, like, that yeah. bruising was, this bruising and the swelling, it's like, for me, again, I've torn my tricep. I've had that same bruising from my uh, my. I was on my right hand. It was from my fingertips. My I look like Hellboy. My hand, my arm was just so swollen in that color, that purple deep. It was a deep purple reddish color, um, and then that's what that bruising from a tear was. And I was wondering, how is he gonna get up? Like again, press up. How is he gonna do any kind How's of? How's he gonna wrestle? How's yeah. he gonna have a whole match? Yeah, and I was like, oh man, the quality of this match is now gonna take a dip. And I'm, he really should, in my opinion, he really shouldn't be out there. Like at this point, yeah. what I'm thinking, you know, he he really shouldn't be out there. But then I'm also thinking, you know, me as a fan, the quality of this match, we don't need him to put himself through this if the quality of the match is gonna suffer too. But that's where we got all got. Yeah, I, oh, we it, all got shown up. Yeah, we just. I didn't expect that match that we were given. I mean, what that guy did, I mean, he basically had a full match. Like he had, like he was at a hundred percent just to sum it up. Like he, he couldn't like, you could see the bruising and you could tell when he was trying to use that arm that there was, that it was injured. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you couldn't like, it wasn't slowing him down. Yeah. He was still doing all his usual Cody stuff. And, and again, like I think this, you know, that old quote, do not try this at home. Do not try this in the gym. Do not try this in training, guys. If you have an apparent injury, seek medical. I mean, obviously he has top uh, top medical staff on right. him yeah. uh, monitoring him at all. Because he even took some shots that uh, they took a kendo stick, which is, you know, which you, you know, which is the. The broken up uh, bamboo stick taped yeah. up and all taped up to a nice and it, it causes like when you slap somebody with that um the 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 bamboo spreads and then it pinches you, you know it, it's just and that's the sting yeah that's the sting and he was taking those shots to that bruising and now it's not necessarily like a bruising when you really press it, it hurts i don't know the extent to his pain maybe he might not be in a lot of pain with my tricep um, it only really hurt to move it in certain ways. Yeah. Um, it didn't hurt when like people touched it or I, uh, it wasn't in constant pain. There were some times when it, it was in constant pain. Some people can be in constant pain. So you don't know the, the extent to what he was feeling or what he was medicated on yeah. to that point. But he was taking shots to that he took a, a weight belt shot to that. He yeah. Finished. I mean, the match wasn't as short as I thought it would be. The extent, like you said, he was if, if, if he was wrestling at full capacity. Most, yeah. A lot of guys at their 100% wish they could wrestle at what he, what the announcers were saying was possibly 50%. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was just, it was insane just watching him wrestle that entire match. Minimal slowdown, you know. And I guess this is what I hear, right? Like, I don't work at WWE. I'm not on the medical staff, so I don't know exactly what conversations went on backstage but cody says that he made the decision himself to wrestle Mm -hmm. like it like he wasn't pushed into doing it he wasn't pressured or anything they were trying to get him to not wrestle because Mm -hmm. obviously you tore a muscle right Mm -hmm. but he still wanted to do it he still wanted to give the fans a show he didn't want to let anybody down so awesome right and then I, i also heard something that the doctors said 
essentially since it was a full tendon tear, like he tore it completely off the bone, that you know it couldn't really get any worse. So <laughs> you can't I mean, overdry it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess at that point, if I'm Cody Rhodes and I know I've got access to great surgical intervention afterwards, I'm like, well, if it can't get any worse, all right. But still, it was still insane. It was an insane match. You, you got to love that heart because, you know, you, I've seen that in football. Some of my favorite uh, players have played with, you know, busted spleens, have played with uh, um, Kurt Angle, won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Um, it, like you said, these guys have medical staff. On well, Cody the, Rhodes beat Seth Rollins with a broken freaking pec. With a, with a torn freaking pec yeah. off the bone, man. I, and, and like I guess, like you said, you just can't make it any worse. And it's his personal decision to go through the pain. And he has medical staff stand by waiting to address this situation you know they already know what's going on they already know what they're going to do whenever he gets out they already know he's yeah. going to go put more stress on his body and i i think um he was actually in the surgery within a couple of days of that yeah i think he went in on tuesday it's been hard to keep up because there's been so. so many injuries on the the wrestling all list. of a sudden yeah yeah it, I, here here's my argument and i i'm i'm a trainer that always um stresses recovery and rest over workout and nutrition any day um, because I believe that wrestling, professional wrestling needs a se like season or season wrestlers. Um, um, you know, not necessarily, it's hard to, because you, you don't want to give up your life, your, your spot, yeah. but also, you know, you, you either give up your spot, you know, voluntarily and take care of yourself, or you'll be forced to with a nagging injury that yeah. you've been putting off for a few weeks. And now it's time to get surgery. Yeah. It's like we said before, you know, it starts off as that little whisper and Mm -hmm. If you don't listen to your body whispering, it gets louder and louder and louder until oh, now there you go. Torn yeah. muscle. Now you have to take time off and recover. Uh, look at us coming full circle and tying everything together here, coach. <laughs> so, coach, what are we talking about this week? Uh, today, actually, we're going to go into that a little bit more of this topic. I think uh, um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions behind strength training. Um, that being one being when I, when you mention strength training, people think that you're bulking up, you're getting big mu muscles, you're going for your max numbers. And I really, um, in this sense, when we're talking about injuries, when we're talking about, you know, um, coming back from injuries, just general health, I think strength training is more so for those type of people because you're trying to, you're trying to rebuild and that, and in a sense, that's what I always try to preach what strength training is about. So this week we're just going to be going over really, um, ways, uh, that you probably didn't know you were strength training and strength training for things that you probably didn't know you were strength training for or you needed. Yeah. So we'll be talking about other things that you can get out of strength training that don't have to do with, you know, like you said, setting maximum strength numbers, trying to break strength records. And if you're mm -hmm. doing it for more like the way you look, it's not about, you know, getting to an Olympia level physique or it's not maxing out on endurance. There's this whole range of area between no exercise and any of those extremes where like 99.9% .9 of us will end up living and finding our home that has nothing to do with doing anything to any sort of extreme, but we can still get a ton of benefits. Yes, of course. Yeah. And, and, uh, to, um, to put two, um, two sides of the spectrum on there for this, um, topic, um, you know, one idea that always comes to my mind is my father. Um, you know, that he, he's, he's suffering right now from, uh, um, from Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. And um, he uh, he has kidneys issues, and now he although his cancer's out of his control, his kidney issues are. Um, they're with his with diet, poor dieting for many many years. I mean, just the worst diet I've ever seen. 
but um, not to rag on him too much, but you know, I, this is what projected me into the health industry. Um, but uh, he, um, I watch him struggle to, it, it's affected his legs, his kidney function uh, lowering has affected his, uh, his leg abilities. And so he's been given a lot of uh, physical therapy, a lot of uh, exercises to do to rebuild strength. Now, this is somebody who struggles to get out of a chair. And this is why I brought up, I don't think when we talk about strength, like Coach said, everyone thinks Olympia or power uh, power training, you know, to, to get your max numbers, to, to show off, to showcase those numbers. And that's all great. But when we talk about strength training, you know, think about how you get out of a chair. Now, when I watch uh, my father get out of a chair, he has to rock himself, uh, use a base to press up if he can get out of the chair himself that day. Um, and one thing I always tell him is, have you, or ask him is, have you done your exercises? He's like, I'm not strong enough to do my exercises. And, you know, that's just, that's, that's fingernails on a chalkboard to me because I, I, this is a misconception a lot of people have, and they believe that they need strength to strength train. Yeah. And it's, it's the exact opposite. You get strength from strength training. You know, I don't care if, if you can't lift an arm, lift a finger. After you lift a finger enough, lift a hand. Yeah. Once you lift your hand, lift your forearm, lift your, your bicep, then lift your arm, then use your shoulder, then use your head. You know, it, it's a, it's a sm starting small in strength. It's not asking you to, and, and I find it kind of ironic, ironic coach that we talk about, uh, you know, about all this and then we're called the, the bearded barbell and we were always like, no, it's not about the barbell though. It's about strength training, but no, really, I think that. that yeah, it's it, funny. We're, we're 12 episodes in and we really haven't talked very much about barbells, but no. you know, uh, you know, everybody knows about barbells, so mm -hmm. it's fine. Like we don't have to go into anything specific with barbells. Like you said, you know, we we're talking about so much more beyond that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's beyond that. And then you, like, you just can't get under a barbell. I, I think that that's kind of where we're taking our podcast a lot. Like we take our training, you know, if you're, if you haven't got under a barbell yet, we're not going to throw you under a, a 225 pound squat just yeah, yet. Work up to it. Yeah. We're going to have you do some air squats first, get out of your, your office desk, stretch your legs, stretch your, um, maybe do some lunges. You know, I'm, um, I've always teasing videos of, of doing, you know, office workouts to, to increase energy and increase your strength and your uh, flexibility and mobility. Um, but to the other side of that, uh, uh, spectrum of that talk, uh, you know, I'm training a younger gentleman and this boy is the, the, the model for strength training. You know, when people think strength training, this, this kid looks like he was born to just go grab a barbell. You put 200 pounds on it. He's going to throw it over his head. And when I was talking to Tim uh, the other day about uh, strength training, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to build you up. Uh, we're not going to get you uh, squatting heavy just yet. I want to see where your imbalances are. You know, my whole spiel. And right. want to make sure through. you're good to squat before yeah. you try to squat it, good. Exactly. I, I don't want to, I'm not curious to see how much you squat. I want to see how you squat. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I was talking to him about strength training, I kept mentioning step ups and box or box jumps. And he was kind of, he didn't, this guy's a really good kid. So he didn't question me. He was just, you know, nodding along, but I could kind of see there's a little bit of question. You know, you can always see that kind of question behind somebody's eyes. And so I told, I stopped and I said, this is strength training. This is, if you want to be able to have power, you have to build strength. And, um, earlier in the conversation, he had mentioned, uh, how he was not so flexible. And so I mentioned, and I told him your squat is great. You can squat really good. But on the field, you as a, an athlete, 
you're going to get injured if you're not flexible. Right. What, what's strength or what's power without strength? And strength comes in not only what load you're carrying, but not the resistance. It comes in uh, with flexibility and mobility as well. Yeah, and what's strength without mobility? Oh, nothing. You know, you know? If, you, if you're always training, you know, like a powerlifting style squat, that's awesome if you all you're going to do is powerlift. But the instant you go, you know, one inch out of that range of motion that you're that you're grooving, that you're practicing, like if you're playing a sport, you're getting injured. Mm-hmm. Like the risk of injury shoots through the roof once you get out of that range of motion. Yeah. And and us talking about like wrestlers being injured. I mean, that's constantly on my head, on my mind, you know, because injuries happen. There, there's really no way to dance around it. If you do physical activity of any sort, uh, you know, it's a matter of when it's a matter of when yeah. like you're, you're a wrestler yourself, coach. Um, it's not it's not a matter of like if you'll get injured, it's a matter of when. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you mentioned getting dropped on your head. I'm so glad you're OK from that. Yeah. But, you know, those are accident injuries. Uh, it would suck to to get an injury from something like lack of mobility, lack of flexibility when you could have just been doing simple body weight lunges, uh, step ups here and there. Um what do you got for us, coach? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I always, I look at wrestling a lot just because that's my favorite sport that doesn't have to do with an engine of some sort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at, you look at wrestling in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and you look at the, you know, the career expectancy of a wrestler and it's what, maybe five, six good years, you know, when you, by the time you get to 35, 40, you're, you're ancient in that world. <laughs> And now we're seeing this wave of like, that's not the case. You know, like you mm-hmm. got Chris Jericho, who's like 50. Mm-hmm. You've got AJ Styles in his 40s, Edge is 46, Cena's pushing 50. And, you know, none of them look like 50-year-old former pro wrestlers of, of yesteryear where, you know, they had trouble moving, they had trouble walking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because there's been this wave of, and I see it in other sports too. Like I see it in football. I see it in, in basketball. They're, they're focusing on this sort of thing too, but there's this huge emphasis on recovery. There's this huge emphasis now on mobility, on making sure the mm-hmm. body can actually move not just once or not just for a game, but you know, an entire season. And there's this push on preserving the body so that you actually have a healthy body when you're done playing your sport, whenever you decide you want that to be, mm-hmm. and then letting you play, or wrestle as long as you want to. And then you can call when you want it to end versus your body making that call for you because it just can't keep up anymore. I like uh, that you mentioned the top, the first three wrestlers that you mentioned, um, Chris Jericho, uh, AJ, AJ, AJ Styles and Edge. What uh, I, I'm not too sure on Edge, but I know AJ Styles and, um, and, uh, and Jericho. And and Steve Austin now in his his he doesn't yeah. wrestle anymore but he looks amazing for uh, for his age and an ex wrestler, um they all do uh, yoga yeah they've all come out and said they yeah. all do you know what they do they do DDP yoga yeah they do DDP that's, your, that's yeah. your jam yeah that's what that's what I uh, you know when people talk about uh, you know losing weight and strength training I always tell them uh, well I went from two eighty five to about I think. Yoga took me from 285 to about 220 before I started hitting the weights really and really getting on my cardio. And yeah, they, they look at me like yoga and I'm like, yeah, yoga, it, it's strength training. Yeah. Um, it's not really this whole like, you know, namaste, center yourself. It, it, it can be, it could be a, a bunch of things, you know, yeah. yoga. There's flavors of yoga. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. That's a perfect way to put There's yep. so many flavors of yoga, but at the end of the day, 
um, it is strength training mm-hmm. and it, it burns calories. There's, it really, really helped me that I think that that's why I got where I did with my, um, my training because I, I didn't go and just get under the weights. I didn't just go and start running five miles a day trying to burn fat. I addressed a bunch of issues. I didn't even know I had in my lower back, my hips, my knees. Um, when I started squatting after yoga, I got rid of that old jam saying, oh, I hurt my knees when I squat now. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I, I did hurt my knees squatting um, a, a while back, actually, when I was doing some training. And um, I popped both my knees. And yoga was what really helped me get back to stronger legs because it helped me really isolate and focus. So, I mean, that's really the point of today is to show you that, you know, when we talk about strength training, there's so many methods to the madness that it's, it goes essentially to what Coach said, your flavor. Yeah, you know, and, and really, if you wanted to boil down strength training to as, as simple as possible, you could look at strength training as any sort of training that's making your body stronger. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know, like DDP yoga, power yoga, anything like that where you are you're challenging your body to hold a pose, right? So any mm-hmm. type of yoga or any type of stretching like that, that's all a type of strength training mm-hmm. and doesn't have to do anything outside of your body weight. Mm-hmm. If you're super crazy, you can enhance it with holding weight or anything like that, but you don't need to mm-hmm. you can do phenomenally just with your body weight. I know my, uh, my clients are probably going to cringe when they listen to our podcast because I, I justify my, my madness when I say like things like planks. I'll tell them, you know what, we're going to, we're going to see how long you can hold a plank for, you know, I, I don't challenge them to hold it for a minute or any time that they're uncomfortable with, but I just, I like for them to try to go for longer each time and they hate planks. Everybody hates planks. I never heard anyone say I like planks. I like planks because of what they do for people. Um, I don't think we understand like as far as core and just, I think it's a mental game more than anything. It's training your body and your, in your mind to work as one and hold, hold under that stress. Cause yeah. you're not pressing anything. You're not, you're not moving it. You're very static. You know, you're, you're not, you're, you're just there, but you're, you're like, if you're not used to doing a plank either, your body's shaking. It's going, you, th- that little thing. It's like, uh, like you're in a, like a, like a spaceship and you hear that alarm going, yeah, bah, yeah. Bah, bah, like it just, all alarms are going off. Everything is just sending every, you know, signal to your body to just say, lay down, dude, we're close to the ground. But when you hold that plank, you're training like in, and the longer you hold it each time, you're getting stronger. Yeah. Just strong. Even if it's for two seconds longer than the last time you're timing yourself, you're getting stronger. And there's something else here too, that I think is going on, especially with something like a plank, Mm -hmm. which is, I think there's a mental strength aspect going on because Mm -hmm. especially for people that don't like to stop moving and they always have to be doing something these are mm-hmm. people that you know they we, we we've always got to talk them into resting for more time mm-hmm. they want to rest for like 10 seconds and they're ready to go mm-hmm. when you are having them do a plank you're basically telling them here do this and then do nothing else but just <laughs> hold your body still which also means you kind of have to hold your mind still figuratively speaking but you have now either your your set period of time or in your case you know you're just seeing how long a client can hold it mm-hmm. so now there's that physical aspect of your body but now there's also that mental aspect of well you have to keep your mind still to actually keep your body engaged for that plank the entire time too mm-hmm. so it's a double-edged sword of of really of two types of strength training there's physical mm-hmm. and there's mental strength training going on too yeah you're training those you're training your mind and your body to to correspond and, and communicate to each other you know I, I love the way you put that because there are some people that will rush through a workout and they just want to get through it 
and uh, you know and, and fine you know it's depending on what you're doing like if you're doing a fast circuit type one but there is a, a time to slow down and really think through the muscles and learn and I think that that's another thing we leave out in strength training is I'm going to go grab something, lift it up, and it happens because it happens. But yeah. we, we don't think about, okay, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to use these muscles. These muscles have to stabilize. These ones have to be the ones to to pull it up, to, to contract. We never really think about that. And when we really start teaching our mind and our body to, to, to work as one in that sense, like you're saying, the plank, I think we, we grasp that in strength training. It's not just that we're getting stronger per se, that we're not lifting 150 pounds as, 100, as opposed to 125. But now we're strength training the fact that we're, we're approaching our, 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 um, our ability different. I don't want to say lifting the 150 pounds, but maybe if you weren't able to get out of the chair, it's because, well, I didn't realize that I was supposed to be using my quadriceps and you know, my glutes and all this, you know, I'm talking, I'm not saying that you have to say, Oh, I need to use these. But what I'm saying is, you know, pointing out those in strength, like, you know, when you do get stronger quadriceps, you realize, Oh, getting out of the chair is easier. Right. And, um, you learn how to focus on that rather than I was just getting out of the chair. You don't, you mindlessly get out of the chair and you know, at, you at home or wherever you're listening, you're probably thinking, why is this guy going on about getting out of a chair so much? Because that that is one thing that we mindlessly just don't think about as far as strength. Yeah, it's you, something that we chalk up to old age where, you know, it's mm -hmm. one of the things it's like, you know, back pain, it's knee pain, shoulder mm -hmm. pain, not getting out of a chair as easily, not getting out of bed easily. Those are all things that we chalk up to. That's just part of getting older. You get older, those things get harder. Well, do they get harder because we get older or do they get harder because we stop doing things to strengthen and keep those patterns strong as we age? I think that's a, that's a common thing in the mind of a of a person, and especially like I think you see this with as far as excuses go. Um, people want to just say, "Oh, it's because I'm old." Well, why do you have bad knees? Did you have a sports injury? Is it because you walk you were overweight for most of your life, and there's so much stress on it? Now we have like there's always a way to address an issue. You can't just say, I have knee pain, and then that be it. Especially, to, let me tell you that, to a trainer, to a personal trainer, you shouldn't ever be able to say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't do this because of this. We're going to say, why? Why? Like, you know, why does it feel like you, you can't do that? Why? You know, we're not going to let you use that as a reason to say, I'm not going to do that. I don't have yeah. the strength to, I don't have the strength to train, a strength train. Yeah. Now, depending on the reason, we might, we might say, okay, cool. We will like, train this way. We yeah. won't train that at all. I can't squat because I had knee surgery three weeks ago. Got it. Perfect. We'll, no. we'll stray away from that. Yeah. No but, legs for, you know, until we get, hear the okay from your doctor and your PT. Yeah. yeah. But if you're getting out of a chair and you're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah when you get out of that chair, why are you getting out of the chair like that? You, you shouldn't be getting out. It, old age shouldn't be the excuse of why you can't do normal functioning stuff. Yeah. It really, it really is not. I, I, I refuse to let people think that in their head. When we talk about, you know, when you talk about stuff like um, mental, uh, mental narratives and stuff, you know, really talking to yourself, you know, when you, there was this one guy, he was a bodybuilder. This guy was on a lot of quote unquote supplements and he would, he would, for jokes, he would get, he would start doing bicep curls. And when he'd get, uh, start struggling, he'd be like, oh, I'm just too old for this. I'm too old for this. And everyone would be like, ha ha, you know. But I think even if you joke like that, like, oh, I can't get up off the floor. I'm not as young as I used to be. Dude, 
We, I can't tell. Well, I'm 36 years old. I can get up off the floor better than I did when I was 24. Yeah. So it, it really, it, it it really is BS to me when somebody says, "Oh, it's my it's my age. It's my age." Well, you allowed your age to age that way. You're aging at the rate. I mean, unforeseen genetics and and obviously illnesses and stuff don't play into what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, right accidents, now. stuff like that. Exactly. But you know, you age the way you're allowing yourself to age. You know, you're 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 eating junk food. You're you're not taking care of your blood pressure, your diabetes, what whatever it is. Not moving very much. You're not moving very much. Or when you do move, you move in the same pattern every day, same plane, not moving on a different. Because we talked about mobility and injuries, mm-hmm. and that's how injuries happen. We we always say, okay, yeah, I injured myself. Well, how did you injure yourself? Was it a lack of mobility? Because when you heal, when you get better, we're going to address that mobility. Yeah. We're not going to allow this to happen. You can't just allow this to be a chain of events. You can't just say, well, I'm getting old. I, I refuse to let people think that. And I think it goes back to like, you know, talking about strength training with my dad. And, uh, you know, like uh, he's been given his physical therapy instructions. And I think when um, a lot of people get physical therapy instructions, they kind of fold up, fold it up and put it in their back pocket. And, you know, you may not agree with him. Some you may take it to another opinion if if that be it, because these guys are professionals. They know what works for you. Um, But do those exercises. If you ever tell me that um, you're doing physical therapy for an an X injury or pre-existing injury or anything. First thing I'm going to ask is, are you doing your exercises that they prescribed you? Yeah, Yeah, that's and that is strength training. You're trying to rebuild that. Yeah, just because it's not a barbell or dumbbells or in a gym with terrible music playing doesn't mean <laughs> that it's not strength training. No. Doesn't, like the whole point of physical therapy, especially after an injury or after surgery, is to re-strengthen whatever just got fixed. Because if they don't help you with that, your body's not going to strengthen it on its own. It needs a mm-hmm. reason to strengthen it or else it's not going to. It's going to let it wither. If, yeah. you, you know, if, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. That applies – shockingly well to the entire body mm-hmm. yeah like you can't just if you see somebody like uh a coma uh, victim or that wakes up or somebody who's just you know getting out of uh being uh restricted or bed restricted for a long time you see that their their legs have atrophied they didn't get they didn't it's not like you know their their legs said hey you're not using us we're gonna hit pause we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything with this muscle so we're just gonna leave it you can uh, come dust it off and use it whenever you have it it doesn't work that way they have to even if the injuries wasn't to their legs they still have to to train their legs because Mm -hmm. they they atrophied yeah in some cases you end up having to relearn how to walk Mm -hmm. because you have to rebuild that strength in your hips and your knees ankles everything that supports it Mm -hmm. so i mean you know obviously i hope you know a lot of people that are listening aren't going to be like oh well i plan to be in a coma and i plan to work no i hope that you're not planning to work for any like ailment or you know serious illness that's gonna make you but i just want hope that you take away perspective today about like you know when somebody mentions strength training you're not going for a a max number you're you're actually working towards something yeah and and more often than not what you know most of us that don't have our eyes set on any sort of high level or or top level athletic endeavor we just want to feel good Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times we also want to look good but typically speaking if you focus on just feeling good and getting stronger you don't have to worry about how you look it'll just follow Mm -hmm. it'll just fall into place because if you're if you're doing everything that you need to support getting stronger and feeling better the body will take care of itself 
it's beautiful. That it's that's I I think I had this conversation yesterday. If you focus on all these key points, like your 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 body composition is just like the great bonus of it because it will come. Like like the yoga, I never expected to to get the body results I did. Like you know as far as physique wise, off yoga, but I just did it just to feel better. Really, like you yeah. said, I, I I was tired of the way I was moving. Um, and I think that that's why I got so passionate on my little speech of like, you can't allow yourself to grow that old because you can't, you know, I was one of those guys that was, I was just saying, I'm just a big guy. That's what we do. Yeah. And it really, it really wasn't, you know, and now strength training wise, you know, I I realize what, and I, I see a lot of clients that get this too. They're, you know, they go to lift something at work and they're like, wow, this is getting better. I didn't realize how much repetitively I was doing this. And now that I added strength to this, it's become easier and when they apply a training, when they apply their training method, like the reps and the sets and like the, the way they, the form that they lift things in, yeah. and they just apply that to the way they work. They've been seeing phenomenal results in their production at work too, because now it's not just like, oh, I'm going through the motion, moving my body. Now they're communicating with their bodies, like we said, and they're picking up stuff, lifting up stuff with this mentality, with this rest. Yeah. with a uh, form and on on mind with i gotta stay healthy gotta stay uninjured and they're noticing that they're getting stuff done faster and yeah. easier and that's you know that's really the benefit of doing things like bench presses you know shoulder presses squats deadlifts it's it's not necessarily just to say that you do those four things but mm-hmm. it's so that when you go to the grocery store and you're buying you know one of the big bags of cat food or dog food you can pick that up that's mm-hmm. a deadlift when you get home and there's a huge box from amazon because two-day shipping, that's a deadlift. When mm-hmm. you are trying to pick something up to put it in a shelf, that's an overhead press. Now, obviously, you know we, we see people that are overhead pressing you know, 150, 200, or more pounds, and the likelihood of putting something that heavy on a shelf is pretty low, which is fine, but you can still practice overhead pressing with just like 20-pound dumbbells, 10-pound dumbbells. I mean, that's pretty realistic and and pretty comparable to what you might be doing in real life so why not practice in that area like practice like your training should help enhance your life so you should practice the types of things that you do in life Mm -hmm. and then if you are you know if you if you're in that that percentage of people where you work a desk job so you're not really lifting a lot you're not really moving a lot still there's still tons of benefit just by doing a a full body type of routine just to help with everything Mm -hmm. and then focus on mobility because that's really where you need a bigger spotlight especially if you're always sitting in a chair all day mm-hmm. anything is 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 progress if yeah. you're sitting in that tra- in that chair and you get up and you just move just to get your blood flowing there's health benefits in just getting your blood flowing you know you can, you can have more energy you can you you just move that's yeah. the whole thing just moving will drop your blood sugar yeah. if you if you go for like a five ten minute walk your blood sugar will come down because your body's now like oh i gotta use that energy because now we're doing something exactly um, uh, one thing to kind of add on to what you were saying about like, you know, training for, um, life, um, and functionality and stuff. If you're a person that likes to say, and this is, this episode's really di- directed towards that person that's trying to steer away from strength training, trying to find any excuse to get away from it. If you don't want to go into a gym, if you don't want to get some bands or do any kind of basic strength training that we talk about, strength training for you could be is going, getting that dog food from the store parking further than you usually do and using a basket less and less yeah now i'm not saying oh don't go park in the back of the parking lot 
grab the bag and run to your car with the bag. No, what I mean is sometimes you were just having someone help you assist it into. Maybe you don't need assistance into it and you can uh, cart it out. This next time, maybe you could put it in the basket yourself. Bam, you cart it out, put it in the vehicle yourself. Yeah. Um, it's you, using the stairs if you have the opportunity to. Like if you've got a little bit of extra time before you've got to get to wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying if you're going to like floor 15 of a building, now use the stairs instead of the elevator. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. going from zero to 15, that's terrible, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe get off at floor 13 mm-hmm. or get off at floor 14 and just do that last floor, just the stairs. That's mm-hmm. it. And then do the same thing on the way down. Go from 15 stairs down to 14 and then the elevator from 14 to the floor. Yeah, just one flight of stairs at a time. Even. That's it. Yeah. I, it, this is strength training in a sense. And like I, I'm glad that you mentioned stairs because a lot of people don't think of stepping up as strength training. Um, you know, we, we don't step up nearly enough. And when we have to step up, and for me, when I was a bigger guy, that's when I was like straining something when I had to step up into a higher um, step or it was just, it's not even for the, the motion of stepping up into higher things. It's just build such a leg strength that you're not used to. Once you start getting that leg strength uh, going on those steps, then you realize that you're building muscles and your legs to do other things. Um, I like that you mentioned taking you know the stairs because uh, one thing I noticed, especially going on a trip to Vegas, is everyone's waiting for the escalators. No one wants to take one flight yeah. of stairs, not one flight. And Which is funny because they're they're trying to take the escalator because it's faster. But if you just walk around them and take the stairs, you'll get there faster. You will most and, time, more often than not. And I mean, yeah. And you're saying, well, I don't want to take the stairs. That's why you can't take the stairs. It's not you don't you're not born with this ability to run up flights of stairs. You really are. And I'm not yeah, asking that's how long it takes us just to learn how to walk. Yeah. After we're born, we have to learn that. There's another strength training. You know, like we didn't just come out of the womb running. You know, I guess some animals do, but as humans. We had to build up to that process, and like in as far and as far as like going up a flight of stairs, maybe you being reluctant to go up a flight of stairs is the issue with your health. And I'm not saying go run some bleachers right now. I'm just saying take the flight of stairs, you know, one step at a time, literally and figuratively. Yeah. If it is just five steps, take those five steps. Maybe later you'll be taking ten steps. And I'm saying this because. This is about training progress, you know. I'm not. You're not training. There's no step taking, um, you know, competition where you. Uh, there probably is. I don't know. There's a lot of competitions out there, but you know, there's no stair climbing uh, competitions or anything. What I, the reason why I preach this is because not only is it going to help your cardiovascular health, it's going to help a lot. Of, it's going to build a lot of leg muscles, especially when you say if your knee hurts, I want you to focus on the legs that are the muscles that focus to get you up that because we do a lot of these things mindlessly. Yeah. And I think with strength training, it really opens up your mind saying, oh, that's what that muscle's for. You know, it's not just for this. Oh, there are muscles because, you know, there's there's some people that say, oh, I don't have any muscles. You have muscles because that's. They're there because you can move. Yeah. You can't move without muscle. Yeah. And each muscle has a distinct purpose and it will move in a group with others. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's a purpose for every muscle. And there's a reason to, to train all those muscles. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really you've got to – I think what would be best is if we shifted our mindset when it came to exercise, right? Like we always look at it as a way to push our body and it's a way to try to max out and try to, you know, in, in some cases to show off, to you know, have those bragging rights of like, well, look what I did this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, just – you know, it's, you see it a lot in the CrossFit community. 
Mm-hmm. I was trying to skate around it, but like that's like the hotbed for it, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about like this is what we did in CrossFit today, and and so and so threw up, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And this other person got bloody calves and and shins, and they're screwed up six ways from Sunday, and it's amazing. And it's like, mm-hmm. is it though? Because now you can't pee. Yeah. You know. Or it's brown when you pee. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you can't get up off the toilet. Like, what's really what what are we really going for here? You know, and I think we need to shift from that <clears throat> to shifting more towards what you know something around more consistency based you know like finding something that you can do you know up to every day but even if it's something that you can only do a couple of days a week you know and it starts with one step mm-hmm. do two steps it starts with one push-up mm-hmm. one air squat just mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be this 60 minute this 90 minute grueling process starting right out the gate like it can just be a good five ten minute session of just getting in the door literally or metaphorically because you don't even have to go to a gym to do it and just doing something with your body and then just doing something consistently mm-hmm. to stretch out your body, right? To either, you know, literally just stretch out muscles or just to stress out or, or stretch out the amount of work that it can do. Yeah, like, and especially like if you're going from an office job or, or a job where you're just doing the same thing over and over, you definitely want to address it in that sense. Um uh, you, you don't, you, I, I always, uh, I love, actually, I think we just had some, uh, world, um, strongest man competition just recently here at the end of May. I gotta go check that one out, but yes. I, I, I am a sucker for strongman competitions and powerlifting. I, I will watch those videos all day long. Oh yeah. It's, 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 I love the sport. The thing is, is I understand, you know, what training the sport is. I talk to some powerlifters and sometimes, you know, it, it it, there's a risk to reward ratio that a lot of people have to accept. And I think this is in all sports, but you know, for sure. Yeah. I, I see, I've met guys that, that deadlift 600 pounds for their, um, for their training day. That's not even their, their record. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're just working out. But then he tells me, you know, like, well, I sleep the whole day next day. And then yeah. he says, or he says something like, you know, he is older and he does say like, you know, it is, he will met, uh, admit that it is getting to his body or, um, yeah, that reminds me of a guy a few years ago. Um, I was at a different gym, but still in New Mexico. And there mm-hmm. was this one guy, he's super strong. Like he was deadlifting like five, like 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was super proud of it. But then, you know, we were talking to him one day and he was like, yeah, you know, it takes me like three hours to get out of bed in the morning because mm-hmm. everything hurts. And I'm like, again, like you said, risk reward, like, mm-hmm. okay, like you can lift 600 pounds, but the trade off is you are on all these medications to try to get your body not to hurt mm-hmm. and it takes you forever to get out of bed. Is that really worth lifting 600 pounds? Mm-hmm. Like what if you dialed it back to, you know, quote, dial it back to like three or 400 pounds. Now you can get out of bed better. Like mm-hmm. which would be better. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause to me, like if you're, if you're lifting the 400 pounds, like how many times a day do you come to the, to the, I, you know, and it could go to his work, you know, he may have to lift this, but how many times a day do you walk up to something 400 pounds and be like, yeah. I got to lift this. Yeah. So it does come to like, and there's fun behind it, obviously, like I, behind being able to just lift something that heavy, right? Like there it, is, but you still have to yeah, have that conversation of yourself of like, cool, I can lift that much. Other parts of my life are kind of miserable. Maybe I should hedge that a little bit. Yeah. Cause I, you know, and it, 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 it really goes back to like that, you know, thinking, I think, you know, like some people can have uh, like body dysmorphia. 
Um, there might be a, a term out there for it. I don't know, but I think you know some people might just be chasing that that number on the not not necessarily the number on the scale, but the number on the bar. And I, I can say I'm, I've been you know I've been guilty of that many times yeah. where I feel even sometimes I look at myself and I'm like I could be lifting more than this. I could be, and I gotta figure out go back to my I call it my progressive uh, scale and say okay well where am I progressing? Where am I overloading? Where am I you know, so there, that's why we, we preach these, because if you think about that, like on just the scale of I got to get stronger, got to lift this number, got to beat this number has to happen. If you start obsessing about that number or numbers, um, it what's the point of all this? And at the end yeah. of the day, you're going to be stressed out. Um, and then if you don't get that number, oh, boy, that's oh. where we start beating ourselves up. Oh, we man. start getting depressed. What because, is it worth? What is it yeah. all for? You know, all that training, you, all, know? you know, all that stuff, all those sorts of thoughts of like, well, I'm, if I can't hit it today, then I'm just not even going to bother, you know, and then you just you stop exercising and you wind up in this cycle of now your body starts basically degenerating because mm-hmm. you're not challenging it anymore. Yeah. And I. Well, that and then you're you go it goes back to that thing you're forced into an injury you're forced yeah. into mm-hmm. it, it, that know, old then, ego lifting yeah you're like, yeah I, I gotta lift that it's happening today I don't care yeah and 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 then when you go back to somebody who's starting out lifting they see that that guy in the gym that is dead or you know uh, I think it was yeah the day before yesterday there was a guy at the gym he was easily easy oh my somebody said should we go spot him this guy had 365 pounds on the bench press. Oh. Benched it seven wow. times by himself and re-racked it. Now you can imagine. Now me, I have an ego, and I'm gonna admit that I, it's hard. It's something hard to check because I'm somebody who goes to my gym for you know religiously for two years. I know everyone there, so I kind of feel a little competition with that. You know, like oh my gosh, he's. You know. But then I look, Will, you you can't lift that. Don't race that. That's how you get injured. Yeah, that's, that's how yep. you get injured. So. If you're somebody new going in the gym, I couldn't imagine seeing someone like, you know, even benching 225 because 225 is still a heavy amount of weight. Yeah. Let's never discount that. Benching 225 is a good amount, even 135. Just because it's not world record level stuff doesn't mean it's not still worth congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And so, you know, you being the new person, don't go in there and get discouraged and feel you have to compete with these people because they're not even winning the competition in their own head. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're losing in their own head. And, I, I can say that from somebody who trains uh, their physique a lot. You know, sometimes I, you know, these are mental things you have to back off of. You can't be like, I'm not that person. I'm training for me. And when, so when you think about strength training, going to the gym, don't think about benching 225 pounds. Think about what is comfortable for you in your full range of motion. And if you don't have that full range of motion, uh, motion think about your fo- your mobility and flexibility and think about addressing those. No one's going to laugh at you for working on yourself and making yourself is the best you can be. Yeah. People might laugh at you if and you if go they do, they're probably going to end up getting injured at some point because that means they're not doing it. Yeah. Or that means they need to pay attention to their own stuff. Cause yeah, yeah they are going to get injured, but you know, I, people comment more when somebody injures themselves doing something that they probably shouldn't have been doing. And, and that's where, you know, planning and really working on yourself goes into it. Because if you go in there and you try to bench more than you can and you tear your pectoral muscle, you don't have a professional medical staff waiting yeah. paying millions of dollars yeah. to see you waiting go on. just patch you back up. Yeah, because you have to go see, a, you have to go perform on a show. No, that, that pectoral tear will throw your regular life. Because like we always preach here on the Bearded Barbell, uh, life always happens. Yeah. And so if you tear that pectoral muscle, well, now you're not only 
you know, set back because you're injured, everything's set back. You know, you don't have the assistance of a, of a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to tone it back in the gym. You're not training uh, to keep a job like Cody Rhodes, who when yeah, we... You're not a top-level athlete. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's one of my overall pet peeves just with the fitness industry in general is everybody feels like we have to do you know a ronnie coleman style workout or an arnold style workout or anything like top level and i'm like you don't mm-hmm. if you're trying to get to that stage this is a different conversation then mm-hmm. you probably have to do something that's more in line with that but if you're not trying to get on a bodybuilding stage or a powerlifting stage an olympic weightlifting stage a crossfit stage you don't have to work out the way they work out mm-hmm. they don't even work out the way that you see them work out all the time like you look at top level crossfitters they don't crossfit all year round Mm-mm. they crossfit in with a couple months before the game start just to get back in shape for that cardio wise mm-hmm. outside of that they're strength training strength you can training, ask any Olympic of the top training, level athletes yeah. they're all strength training they're focusing mm-hmm. on what they can improve on that isn't necessary for crossfit but now that the games have just passed now they have time to focus on that mm-hmm. and then when the games come around they stop focusing on the strength things and they start doing more CrossFit style like workout of the day type things to get ready for what the sport is actually going to demand when they show up to competition. Yeah, that's perfect. And it goes back into like full circle to what we're talking about. Not only are they addressing strength training like, okay, I got I to gotta lift and run the fastest. They're addressing their strength training in is as far as rehabbing an injury that may have been occurring during that, that season. They could be uh, lifting saying, oh, you know what? Uh, like I know a lot of pitchers and a lot of batters, they, they strength train. And when they do, they come back just phenomenal. And it's like, well, how does, how does strength training uh, get you to throw a ball better? But they go and they do core workouts. They do bench pressing. Yeah. They really focus around what they want to accomplish their strength training so they're not just going and throwing a baseball i mean i guess they are throwing a baseball 100 times like that's a part of it right but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a smaller percentage in that off-season time but yeah we're still we're still talking strength training here, right and it, the train training they're doing is probably not i you know i i think if i go to a, a gym a local gym right now there's probably going to be someone training overtraining themselves way harder than any of these athletes train these guys just have the ability to to spread it I think out throughout their day more or less. Right. Because they're um, paid for that sport. They're so paid. they don't have to, you know, they this don't have a day job. job like the rest of us. Do. Yeah. And so that's what I don't think a lot of these people take into account of when they're going to the gym and they're emptying their tank. You know, I am one guilty of this on leg day. I will, I like to do that because it's, it's, there's a spot for it. it yeah. It's it goes not, to, it goes back to, to the, never ri- do that. It goes back to the risk to ratio thing, right. a risk to reward ratio. <clears throat> but what I, what I was getting at is, um, is we don't take into account that these guys that train, balls to the wall for lack of a better term um these people that go completely um all out training all day that's their job they're getting paid millions of dollars to do this they have a medical staff like we say all the time yeah you don't you have a, a daytime job you have kids dogs animals chores anything you have a life to live and so you're th- those People don't understand that those are taking a toll on the body. That's why we're tra- strength training, so your body gets better at doing those. Right. Well, right now, those are still taking their toll on your body. Now you're going to go do some strength training that and add to that mix. Like I think we've, we've, we preach this on every episode, uh, you know, overstressing the body. But now you're adding dieting and exercising, exercising to the stressful mix. Well, if you're going all out, completely just driving your body to the, the floor – Every workout five days a week on top of your rigorous schedule already, yeah. you're going to hit a wall. 
you are not going to get any kind of benefits from that. So it's always best to like think about strength training in the sense what works for you and your daily life. And I'm not saying, you know, like if, if you, if you do this, if you have a certain career or profession, train for that profession more or less, but train your body to move in a sense of through your day where you won't get injured or fatigued or, or you'll just get through it better. Yeah. And you know, really what it comes down to at the end of the day is enhancing life, you Mm -hmm. know? And if you are, you know, like coach said, if you're constantly adding stress, adding stress, you've got work stress, you've got home stress, you've got family stress, school stress, and then you try to add diet stress to that. And then you try to add exercise stress to that. At some point, like coach said, you're going to hit a wall and that's where, those whispers show up, right? Again, like I've been talking about, they show up as, you know, moodiness, they show up as food cravings, they show up as bad sleep, lack of hunger, excess hunger, all sorts of, you know, all sorts of different signs. And then if you keep trying to push through those, the whispers just get louder and they show up as, you know, oh, now I got a nagging shoulder injury, but I'm just going to push through that too. Okay, you can keep pushing through that. But if you're not listening, then it's going to show up as like, well, now I hurt my shoulder and I can't do anything with it. So now I have to take a break. Mm-hmm. And then if you still try to push through that, then you're going to end up tearing something. Your rotator cuff's going to end up giving on you or your pec's going to end up giving on you, right? And now you're going to be down for four months, six months, a year, however long it takes to get that injury to, to heal and rehab. Yeah. I And again, I, I love that we opened up with Cody Rhodes and his pectoral tear because, I mean – it got to a point where he tore it off the, you know, the bone and they they basically just said, well, you can't get any worse. So yeah. might as well go out and do it and we'll get to surgery because surgery is happening at this point. Yeah. And you it's know. not to say that like, you know, we know better than Cody or anything like that. Obviously not. Like mm-hmm. we have no idea the stress level that they operate with or mm-hmm. their training, their nutrition, their recovery, any of that stuff. We, we have no idea what that's like. We're just using that as an example, right. Mm-hmm. To help mm-hmm. illustrate a point. So it's not a situation of like, well, Cody should have like trained like this and no, blah, no, blah, no, blah, no, blah, blah. Like, who are we to say that? We're yeah. just two guys with awesome beards and we love barbells. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Awesome beards, you know, to add. No, yeah. Uh, and I get, you know, injuries do come at a time. And he may have not seen any nag- nagging injuries um, that we're, we're, we're seeing. Yeah. Like there's, we're saying. there's still an option where it could just happen. Yeah. Like, but recovery be damned. Like you could be doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And especially again, you know, like coach said earlier in the podcast, just by being in a sport, that injury is always, that risk is always there. Mm-hmm. So you could just land on something wrong. You could just move something wrong and it just, it, your body is just not ready for it. And there it goes. But, you know, but Biggie back in December had his neck broken. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and it's not because he had poor training. It's because he got dropped on his head. Yeah. And same. that's just a risk of the game. It just, it happens. Injuries happen. And I, you know, uh, just back to strength training with that, we just want to reduce them. Yeah. You know, um, injuries do happen, but with strength training, I think, you know, especially like if you're just, you know, not a, like a, a quote unquote professional athlete, you're just like to work out at the gym, work out on your fitness. I think, you know, you, you really should listen in on this and, and start thinking injury and recovery and, and, Gearing your strength training, not necessarily say, I'm not saying play it safe on you. Uh, obviously play it safe, but I'm not saying tone back. You're lifting too much or what you're doing already. Cause pretty much what you're doing right now is probably working for you. But what, what we are saying is, you know, strength training 
will help uh, in what you're doing and help uh, prevent injuries if you do it correctly. Um, and even if you get injured, if you've been strength training beforehand, mm -hmm. that's going to help you come back faster mm -hmm. because your body already knows it has a higher baseline for how strong it wants to be. Mm -hmm. So it's going to work that much harder to get back. Now you, you'll still need physical therapy. You'll still need, you know, all that sort of thing to help with rehab from an injury, mm -hmm. but it, it can help reduce that time well, before you can get back to just normal life again. Yeah. And if you, if you learn to structure yourself, like if you say, okay, I have this muscle imbalances, like for most men listening to this, I can tell you right now, guys, you have an underactive glute. Your, your, glute, your gluteus maximus. Anybody is, that sits all day. Yeah, anyone who sits all day, but I notice a lot of guys, because women, I'm not going to say this, women who don't work out might, but like a lot of women that go to the gym are doing a lot of squats, a lot mm -hmm. of butt workouts, but a lot of guys don't go up here because we work out what we think we can see, you know, biceps, shoulders, chest, everything chest, on the front of the body. Yeah, that we could see, everything that is vanity, but we never mm -hmm. think, guys is general, we never think to work our hips and our butt. Never thinks to work our hips and our butts and our and our hamstrings. We work our hamstrings, but not as good as we should. We do leg day, but our leg days a lot. Like if you didn't listen to a coach's uh, layout of how to how to build a a program, you're 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 you have something underactive because you're not doing the right hinges, you're not doing the right exercises because you're not working on all the right planes. Right. You are you have something underactive and you need to address that. And that's what I mean by training for injuries. You know, with pre injury prevention, like you're not thinking about what you have underactive. You're just working out what, how many times is somebody going to go and they, they have like a really nice chest. They have a really impressive bench number. So every time they go to the gym, they want everyone to see that. Right. They don't ever say, well, because I bench so much, my back is underactive. I need to go and lower the weight and start really hitting that. Yeah. No one ever thinks that you might get a back injury. That guy might get a back injury. Um, well, some people do think that they, they walk in going, well, I know I got to work on my back. And then they, they look and they realize, how much less weight they have to use to get a good workout on their back or, you know, mm -hmm. on their rear shoulders to help balance out their chest. And I'm like, or I could just go have fun with the bench. Yeah. That's strength training. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a misconception we're trying to get rid of here is like, you know, like maybe your glutes, uh, maybe that's why you're, you're, um, you know, you're, maybe you're, that's why your low back hurts. Your lower back hurts. Yeah. Your glutes your are just massively underactive. Um, and you I, don't do anything for them. I know a guy that doesn't like to deadlift because he says he pops his hip every time he does it. And I'm, first off, that's bad form because he's trying to go heavy. And also, he has very underactive hips, uh, like hip flexors. And mm -hmm. um, and his he bends his back, his lower back, because he has weak glutes. Yeah. Um, weak, that, weak back muscles, all of it. Yeah. And it, there's, that, there's that ego check where you have to go, okay, in order to do that and not get hurt, you have to drop the weight a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, guys especially, really, it's funny. Like, guys especially, we always have to dial them back, right? Because they're mm -hmm. usually doing way more than they need to. Yeah, yeah. And I found with women, you always have to push them to do more. Mm -hmm. And there's different reasons for both, but that's kind of the trend I see. Yeah, there is those, those trends. And for women, I, I really don't want women to think when we talk strength training to think bulkiness. Oh, they don't want to right. look like a man. A lot of a lot of men lift weights and don't get bulky. Yeah, you know, like there there's guys that are doing a lot of drugs. They're taking a lot of protein. They're working out all their time and they're not getting. And they're bulky. still fighting for it. Yeah. So women, lift what challenges you, and yeah, you might get toned. But I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Actually, is yeah. you'll probably get toned instead. Yeah, like and not wanting you know not wanting to lift heavy because who doesn't want that. You, you don't want to wake up one day and be bulky is like saying, I don't want to drive a car because I don't want to wake up tomorrow and be an ass car driver. Yeah, like, exactly. The, it's such a long, like, 
it's such a long intentional journey to get to either of those places, mm-hmm. right? To be like a, a a super muscled up person for bodybuilding or powerlifting or a NASCAR driver, right? Like there's so much that has to happen. You have to be working for so long to get to either of those places that it's like you're you're unless that's your actual goal, you're not gonna get there. Like you're not mm-hmm. gonna accidentally wind up <laughs> on an Olympia stage. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not gonna happen. It, yeah. And if and if it like I mean not accidentally, but if you do find yourself with a great physique, it's not by accident either. Yeah. You've been doing like I know like well, you mentioned CrossFit. I did mention I see a lot of CrossFitters that did get like that that bulkiness and stuff. Well, not CrossFitters, but people that do get bulky from lifting a lot of weights. But I mean, that's because that's what they were going. That's for, what they were going for. Know? And um, and I think that's one of the misconceptions with strength training. Again, is the vanity of it is you know like i mentioned this in the last episode i think it was the last episode when it really irks me when somebody says um they're gonna lose weight and once they get to a certain weight they're gonna start uh, lifting weights i'm like why don't you strength you need strength now that's like saying i'll wait to start saving money until i have more money it's like wait what yeah like oh yeah yeah when i have more money it's just you need strength now they're completely different concepts right you're really not yeah okay yeah you're shaping and molding a body if you're bodybuilding that's what bodybuilding is and i think that that's where we got the concept of okay i'm lifting weights i I don't i don't want to look bulky well you're not going to look bulky lifting weights you're gonna you're gonna move better and i think that's what we got sold right especially Uh in like the 70s 80s 90s like we got sold that if you lifted weights you're gonna look like arnold even to these days we look at these instagram models and you know like uh, as personal trainers we see a lot of them you know, with their shirts off is, you know, me, you, you won't see me with my shirt off, but you will like, you know, I, I see these, these ads pop up and it's a guy with his shirt off abs, eight packed abs. Yeah. You know, he's holding the weights and, and, and okay, that's cool. If you want to look like that and he, that's the package he's selling. I'm not trying to, I'm really not trying to down on this guy. Like he looks good and I'm happy for him. And if you want to look like that, follow his program. But I think that that's where the misconception comes in is like, okay, here, I'm just a coach. And I just want to help you feel better and move better in your daily life. Well, we can make that better. Yeah. And I think that that's the point we're trying to get across is not necessarily are you going to look like this Instagram model like Arnold or, you know, these like, like I know what you're talking about, like those old magazines you flip through. And it's like, you know, back in the 90s, it was this weird thing where they say, you know, everything was fat free. And it was right. like this weird yeah. health craze. And they really made everyone get this weird, like, almost like a complex almost, yeah. that like we all have to look like bodybuilders we don't yeah we either have to look like bodybuilders and if if you're eating junk food in this you're it's junk food and it's bad and you're and so now you can define yourself as this group of okay well i'm just a big person yeah i i don't work out because i don't diet and exercise because i'm just a big person and we've lost this concept of well dieting helps you not get illnesses and diseases like yeah. diabetes it helps you uh, move better it helps move, you feel better it helps you think better just like a, everything gets better when you are focusing on really just those things yeah. how do i move better mm-hmm. what can i do nutrition wise to feel better how can strength and nutrition help me think better mm-hmm. you just focus on those three and pay no attention to what the scale says that will actually just take care of itself as a side benefit it'll mm-hmm. just happen like yeah. you you were just focusing on yoga because you just wanted to feel better yeah i just wanted to get up a a, a a hill like my my whole reason why when we always talk about the why on this my why was i couldn't complete a hike with my family so i started doing yoga so i can have more mobility more flexibility and then i just started building you know just general strength and trying mm-hmm. to lose weight and 
when the more the better i felt off of doing yoga like my muscles weren't so achy my back wasn't so stiff my legs moved the way they should have not just on one straight pattern and the least least resistance so you moved better you felt better i moved better i felt better it helped you feel better about yourself so now you started thinking better i started i started thinking better and not only that i was getting more done so i felt more pro- productive right i gained confidence i felt great what did that do for me well it got me moving more it, it was like it was weird it was like it was like i needed to to strength train to strength train it's like the concept we're trying to sell here. Yeah, weird, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because then I started feeling better, and that's when I started lifting weights and really started, you know, wanting to go to the gym, wanting to to exercise more. I started challenging myself. Like I figured, I learned, and this is what I always want somebody to learn. Not only when goals, we're not just talking fitness. When you find and formulate a plan to get to a top of a goal, it's almost addictive because then now you know something. You know something that you didn't know before. You know how to get to the top of a hill that you was having so much trouble with before. So when you get to a, at the top of a challenge, you're like, well, that challenge I thought I wasn't going to get through. I worked through this and it was a lot easier than I thought. So now I'm going to plan on this next challenge. And that's what I did. I started just going on and moving on and moving on. Yeah. And before I knew it, the scale, I, I, I had a number on the scale. I was wanted to be 205 from 285. So an 80, like, and I really never weighed myself initially because of the guilt and the shame and all that. But I, I, the last time I remember was 285. And at 205, I wanted my goal to be hit so i was like i hadn't weighed myself like i said i got off yoga um around 220 not got off it but i started venturing out into more uh weightlifting and other activities after that i was like well maybe i should weigh myself i went and stepped on the scales 196 you overshot it by nine pounds overshot it by nine, nine pounds, pounds of extra extra bonus let me tell you something though coach so i was always this fat guy that you know and i hate calling myself a fat guy because you're not fat but you know, you just have fat. That's, I, I, that's that doesn't. Yeah, that's not who you are. That's yeah, just it doesn't what you define have. you. But I was always the bigger guy that would always make crack the jokes that like, aha, this is me. This is who I is. And and uh, I would go quote unquote power lift at the at the gym. I would go lift heavy and then eat bad. And I thought that I was you know gaining something from that. And I would always joke that say I'm just going to be that weightlifter and team no abs and you know I'm not going to have abs. Well, fast forward to just focusing on my health. Just 100% focusing on my diet and health. I just wanted to be in my mid-30s, going on, moving on in my life to my, my older years, healthier. For the first time in my life, I had abs. Not even trying. Not even trying, guys. And I don't want you to say, hey, well, I want abs, so I'm going to focus on that. It's just, it goes back to uh, Coach's point. Like, you can, when you sit there and you focus on all just the, the, the aspects that matter and you yeah. really dial in on those, that extra bonus, that scale, those, those abs that you want, those will come. Yeah. They will come. Don't don't fixate on them. Don't, they, 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 they will come. Yeah. It's just you really have to focus on what's important, and that's feeling, moving, and, and, and thinking better. Yep. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. You know, like you said, you had, you know, you had abs without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you weren't thinking about the abs. It's that you were thinking about other things that supported getting abs like getting them to show Mm -hmm. we're working on eating better feeling better moving better thinking better Mm -hmm. and those ended up basically making everything else easier for you to then eventually have your abs showing Mm -hmm. which again not necessarily a primary goal it was just a side effect Mm -hmm. and and i think that that kind of pulls into another bonus point is i didn't do any like floor crunches i didn't go and do any hanging leg raises this was yoga 
You know, this was like coach said, this was just dialing in on, I focused in on areas that I needed work mm-hmm. and yoga really just kind of blanketed all that, you know, and it, it built me a stronger core. I, so then of course you all have abs. Yeah. We all have, we all have like muscles. All muscles. We all have muscles. You, you can't move without muscles. We yeah. keep saying this, but the thing is, is I was strengthening my, my, my core the way I needed it. Cause I need a strong core to have a stronger back, to have good legs, it just all ties into each other. But then my, my dieting and the way I was feeling it. So I was dieting, um, not, I don't want to say it was very restrictive or anything. It was, but it was, it was healthier and my micronutrients, everything was being on point. And then, so then I was thinking better. I was more confident and I felt better. So I moved more. I, when I did go to the grocery store, I was pulling my bags out of the basket and walking them to my car instead of walking the whole basket to the car. I was parking farther, walk, walking my ba- my bags to the car. I was throwing the dog food over my shoulder and walking that to the front of the, the, the pet food uh, place. I wasn't using a basket then. Yeah. You know, I was pushing myself, challenging myself, even even if the dog food bag, it goes back to uh, um, uh, Milo's story, you know. It, even if the, do- the bag of dog food was so horribly heavy that time and I barely made it to the front, I had to put it down a couple times, got to the register, dropped it, caught my breath, paid, <sighs> take another deep breath, throw it over my shoulder, start the and process again. Going. Yep. Well... That calf is only going to get a little bit lighter. I mean, it's getting heavier, but you're getting stronger too. And I mean, well, actually, the bag is only staying 40 pounds. Yeah. So there's your there's your key. Right. And, you know. You know it's I, actually funny. I got a funny story about the Milo thing. Okay. So we talked about it. What was that? Two weeks ago, I think. Uh, I believe so. It was on the, yeah, it was on the. Because it was yeah. right before, it was right before you went to Vegas. Yeah. And it was on the progress episode. I yeah. And so <laughs> I went with my girlfriend to a couple of her friend's house for Memorial Day. And for whatever reason, like Milo came up mm-hmm. and they were, and people Good were trying to like piece together the story. And I was like, hold on, buddy. I've got the whole story right here. And they're like, well, how do you know that much about Milo? I'm like, well, one, it's one of my favorite stories. It's Two, great story. I literally just talked about that on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious. It was a weird way that the, that the world kind of put everything together. I'm glad that it came up because it, it really is a great story. And if you guys are listening, like, what's the Milo story? Go listen to it. It was on how to build um, your strength training program. Yeah. I think that was where we talked about it. But Milo, real quick, just went over progressive overload. He started with a calf on his shoulders and, you know, walked around town. Everyone's laughing. Yeah, look at him carrying a calf. Each day, he got a little bit stronger. Calf got a little bit bigger. Carried around through town. The time progressed. The calf turned into a bull. Now... The, the town wasn't laughing at Milo because he was carrying a this full carrying grown, he's carrying a full grown bull on his shoulders. There's a lot, a lot of, lot of um, moral to this story, and I, so as you could tell, we love it because it teaches progressive overload, which we talk about. Teaches in strength. persistence, teaches yeah. discipline, yeah, and, and teaches pr- grit. Exactly, and that's all goes into strength training. It, nowhere, it, nowhere does it talk about maxing out. Nowhere no. does it talk about crippling yourself and getting super sore. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does it talk about anything like that nowhere does it talk about cutting out carbs little nowhere does it talk about you know anything insanely restrictive it's just, just find something simple just do that every day exactly just do it and do it a little more every day a little more and that's that's the progressive overload and that's and like so modern days it's your bag of dog food that you struggle carrying now you don't have to put it down as much when you walk it to the thing yeah now you're fit. You're you're doing great. You have a strong core, strong back, good shoulders. You're throwing that forty pounds over your shoulder and sprinting it to, to the front uh, uh, counter. Yeah. Now people are looking at this strong person. 
you know that is that, that that's that's kind of a weird daily brag but i remember walking up um uh to uh to the register one day and i had put the bag down to pay and then when i grabbed the bag i grabbed it and pinched it with two finger like with two hands like or my hand my fingers sorry and two fingers and i just grabbed it and threw it over my my shoulder like nothing and the woman said can we help you help us stock <laughs> <laughs> like because you could tell these bags are heavy for them but oh, now yeah. the way i train myself to lift that one bag impress somebody who lifts a pellets of these bags yeah and now that goes back to my point of this is why aren't they strength training you know they're lifting 40 pounds repetitively probably more than what they would for sets and reps in a gym yeah oh yeah you know I, they're doing it for hours at a time I'm i sure. worked at a feed store my dad hauled hay for a living those are <laughs> talk about strength you want to talk to me about strength training in, for everyday life i you know if you're hauling hay I, that's kind of a dying breed i I miss it. Well, it's like the know. old paradigm, the, like the farm, yeah. the farmer, right? Yeah, the farm boys having farm strength. Like that's mm-hmm. that's an entirely different level of strength. It's like if you you know if you come across mechanics mm-hmm. and their forearms are always just oh, gosh. massive those because wrench, they're turning wrenches all day. Yeah, those wrench arms are just yeah. insane. I want they look like Popeyes. Yeah, and you don't realize it because you know they might turn that wrench when they're 17 years old and get that real real sore yeah. forearm be like oh this hurts and notice but, none of those mechanics are like i can turn a wrench the fastest or yeah. i can turn the heaviest wrench or the biggest wrench they're just turning wrenches turning wrenches all the day, day long and then but they, it's something simple and they're just doing it throughout the but day but shake hands with one of those guys they've, oh they've probably God. never deadlifted probably never had one of i forget what they're called those squeeze those, those resistance squeeze yeah yeah those grip trainers i think they're called yeah um, they've probably never done one of those, but I bet you they can they can break your hand with a squeeze. Oh, yeah. And never did they say, oh, I'm going to grip 500 pounds today. They probably just turned a wrench 500 times that day. Yeah. You know, it, 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 when we think of strength training, we think of lifting 500 pounds. We don't think of lifting five or five pounds 100 times. Yeah. You know, we don't think and, of lifting 10 pounds or, you know, or, you know, the bag of dog food. We don't think of lifting that. We don't think about lifting the pack of water mm-hmm. you know the pack of soda even mm-hmm. it you, doesn't seem like it weighs a lot but that's a significant amount of weight that's a few pounds i, I like to weigh it in and you know I, this is kind of like an old concept that i used to hate people doing in the gym but now i kind of took it with everyday life is when somebody would go and curl and say oh i don't bench uh 450 pounds i bench 45 pounds 100 times or bench you know this much or th- that they would say something like that yeah and i'm like okay well I think now with when we're talking about stress on your body, you, you take that 40-pound bag of dog food, you lift it 10 times, your body just did 400 pounds yeah. spread out. And yeah, you take it will style, you chuck it over your shoulder, and you just do some squats. Yeah. One squat, two squats. Yeah. I mean, really, and then your body's taking in that, that weight. And then the more you hold it, like if you do those two squats, then you'll be able to probably put two on your back. Yeah. And maybe you're not wanting to put two, but I mean, now you're not struggling with one. Um, it, and that's really, that's the name of the game. Like now you can carry that bag of dog food, just the one bag, 40 mm-hmm. pounds, but you don't get winded. You can get it to your car. You don't dread going to the store to pick it up because you're not afraid of not being able to move it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you're not afraid of getting hurt by carrying it anymore. Mm-hmm. I. And it, it really, it goes back to even being like, you know, an older person and doing it, you know, like uh, maybe you're not struggling with that 40 pound bag of dog food. Maybe you're the 25 year old guy listening to this and saying, dude, I can lift four pounds, like that a 40 pound dog, a uh, pound of dog food isn't bad for me. And, but then, you know, if you keep going on this, that mindset, you never know when you're going to wake up 
in your later years, you know, when you're when you are granted those later years and you're one of those people that has to ask the cocky 25 year old to help you lift a bag of dog food. Right. You know, you, you don't want to be that because 40, 40 pounds is, is heavy, but it, it, it's only as heavy as you allow it to be. 40 pounds will always be 40 pounds. Right. Um, there's a, a it's a Henry Rollins quote I love. And, and I, 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 I'll paraphrase a little bit of it because I can't remember. But he always talks about the iron and how the iron doesn't lie to you. You know, 200 pounds, it will always be 200 pounds. But it's how you approach it and how you lift it. Yeah. Um, you know, that 40-pound bag of dog food is always going to be a 45-pound uh, bag of dog food. Every time. Yep. Every time. But you aren't always going to be a 25-year-old sprung young guy. Right. So prepare to not be 25 at some point because it's going to happen in oh. less than a year. Quite honestly, if you're already 25, you know. <laughs> Even so, that injury may take you there. But, you know, I think I think that about does it for us this week. Oh, what yeah. do you think? I think we've driven home uh, the strength training concept. So here's here's your homework for this week, everybody. Ooh, we love if you're homework. listening to this, you know we're talking about finding something small and something that you can do consistently every day. So I would like for you to pick at least one type of movement. So it can be like a push up, it can be a squat, it can be like a squat out of a chair or an air squat, anything like that, or a lunge, or it can be grabbing something, you know, like a gallon of milk out of the fridge and just pressing it overhead. But I just want you to pick something and just do like at least one of it one of those per day and then if you do you know one today do two tomorrow three the day after four and just do that for a week so you're just going to work up to seven and just build that consistency and build that habit and just see kind of how you start to feel by the end of that week oh i love that i love a good challenge and i mean progressively teaching you guys um yeah so go um where out well where can they find us at well, they can find us in a bunch of places. Oh, so yeah. they can find me on uh, Instagram and on the TikTok at Tony Davis Coaching. Mm-hmm. If they are, if you're on Facebook, you can find me there. I've got a free group where you can find both myself and Coach Willie. If sure you head can. to the search bar, you type in Macros Mindset and Metabolism for Fat Loss. It's a free group. There's tons of information in there for nutrition, for fitness, anything like that. It's all free. Um, and... You can also find the Bearded Barbell podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Coach Willie, where can they find you? You can find me on my personal Facebook page at Willie Otero. Just type Willie Otero in. It's my personal page. Shout me out. I give you support. Um, If you need help with anything, just feel free to comment on me. Um, If uh, if you guys need somebody in your corner, I'm always in your corner. Uh, My Instagram is Coach Willie Otero. Um, I also have my my page, a Risen One brand. You can go check that out. That one always has some good uh, some good um, mental motivation for you guys. And always, uh, like he said, follow us on our Bitter Barbell Instagram and Facebook, guys. Have uh, and if you want an extra bonus challenge, ooh, go bonus. to all of those places and let Coach Will know that you love Pam Beasley. Oh, and if you do that, if you do that, um, I, I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> You, you you have to go and listen to other bearded barbell uh episodes and you know on our on our on our facebook it does kind of explain my my dislike for her so yeah if you if you're curious to hear about what that little challenge is about go to our go to our facebook and instagram pages and tell me about how much you join me in the dislike for pam Beasley. insanity absolute <laughs> insanity oh my gosh uh anyways before i go on any of my pam Beasley tyrants please 
Give us a listen uh, to all our other episodes if you haven't. Share us with your friends and family, anybody who can benefit from uh, from our tips. And we hope that you've benefited from some of our tips and it helps you with your journey. Again, go uh, to our Facebook or Instagram. Follow, like, share, and give us some feedback on your challenge this week. Coach gave you guys a challenge to do that one movement a day until you get up to the seven. So let us know about those guys. We always appreciate you listening and giving us feedback. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next Monday. Bye.